episode 131 weighing in with travis hartman i am b money the producer that over there is the talent weekend trav wow fresh off the heels of terrence crawford destroying errol spence jr in that ring on saturday night weekend trav we did a quick shots episode about that it's in the catalog if you subscribe to our content you should see it there on youtube or rumble or wherever else uh, but weekend trav we want to finish up our comments about this thing terrence crawford pound for pound is the number one fighter of the world at this juncture, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, even the, the fact that he turned you because you were you were on the Inouye uh, train, as if everybody was. And still, and number still, two, degree, number two. This is this is like not any kind of a take on Inouye not being qualified. It's just that Terrence Crawford cemented himself into the history books. One, two. He regained his pound-for-pound status, I think, without a doubt. Yeah. Not because of the win, but how he won. So dominant, in dominant fashion week in Trav. It was, you know, when we broke this down on the Quick Shots episode, round one, we think of the fight Spence and Crawford, probably went Spence's way, just more volume. But then round two, Crawford put him on the canvas for the first time in Spence's career, by the way, and that changed the complexion, the dynamic of the whole fight going forward. It did, man. Like, it made, you could tell that Spence became instantly hesitant yes. when he started throwing his punches. That first round, both guys were super confident, super – you could just see the confidence. Second round, after the knockdown, Spence's confidence, you could see – Everything it just like he was completely deflated of all confidence. Yeah, everything he threw was like desperation throws. Yeah. It's interesting because it it's interesting because if you watch any of Errol Spence's prior fights and what he's known for is pressing the action, pushing forward, pushing forward. But we can trap. How many times do we see him being moved back yep. on his back feet, not confident enough to try to instill any damage? And you heard it in his corner as well as, as the cameras and microphones are there in between rounds. What his coach was trying to tell him. Do something. Yeah. Have some action. Push forward. And you just didn't see it. Like you said, deflated, I think. The confidence was just eroded at that point. The toughest part about fighting generational talent like uh, Terrence Crawford, it's impossible to find sparring partners or any kind of preparation that is going to be just like him. You're never going to find a guy that was fast enough like Crawford, that had the, the punching power like Crawford, that had the reflexes like Crawford, that had counter-punching abilities like Crawford, you're not going to find that in somebody. So when you step in that ring with somebody like that, he got a quick peek at, oh my gosh, Terrence Crawford's balance and his counter-punching ability was something that we were not prepared for. Because I mean, how do you prepare for that? There's nobody like Terrence Crawford. That's the thing. I mean, we knew going in, and Crawford made it very clear that he was planning on spending most of the time as a lefty in there. Obviously, Spence Jr. as a lefty. So for those two, it was going to be kind of like the first time they both had to approach a left-handed fighter for an extended period of time yeah. in a fight. Uh, so that, we thought, was going to be more of the interesting story in the whole matchup. But obviously, after round two, it really didn't matter. Because did. what you mentioned, the counterpunching, the balance, which was incredible but the 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 mixture of speed and power and precision which is another one we didn't really talk too much about how precise he was we did i said he pinpointed his punches so 60 percent of his power punches landed so that's outside the jabs everything outside of jabs 60 percent of crawford's volume landed and were effective on Spence Jr. That's mind-boggling. So, for but first of all, 60% of the time, it works every time. That's right. But <laughs> why that is actually amazing, because most of your percentages on power punches, it's in the 20 to 30s. Right. Range. So, for people listening now, why 60% is insane, 
it's normally twenty to thirty percent. And here's he's, and and when they were looking at all the just the the the, the stat scores, Spence actually had more body shots still. Yeah. Wild. So most. So all these. Most of these shots were devastatingly to the face and the upper body of Errol Spence, rather than body shots, because that's where Crawford was. He saw it. He found his openings. Exactly he was right. so slick in there. So slick. I mean, is there any time that you see Terrence Crawford off balance? No. That's the thing. And no. I said this in the beginning. He's super athletic, but he's not just athletic. The guy is always in position for a defensive move, offensive move. His defense was phenomenal. Did you see how calm he was yes. in there too? It was insane. And it's it's that's why Crawford has that it factor. And I genuinely hope now, because I love Crawford. I do. I, I've been a big fan of his because I knew what he had. Yep. And I, I've been in the ring with him and I knew what he had. But I think that now he deserves the credit and I hope that he starts to get the fanfare because he just dethroned the guy. Yeah. Uh, and Crawford doesn't sell. He doesn't. So now I think this was his fight to where now I think he sells. Yeah. I think you still need the personality to be like the sales guy there to sell the fight. So talent aside, he has it. He has more talent than anyone we could think of at this point. But I think you still need a, a few more elements to be the, the seller of fights, but right? Do you think Spence has personality no not at all but he sold he used to sell at arenas yeah i just i don't know i don't know how it might be image i think it was it could be some i mean crawford's very the look is plain vanilla right so they they, they, i mean which is odd because he's not vanilla yeah not (laughs) not but i'm just saying like like there's no flash to it like the way he shows up to stuff press conferences everything it's what you see is what you get and very impressive uh um so we can trap we talked about this in the quick shot segment where now do we, do each of these two fighters go from here? I, I love this conversation because everybody, as soon as one guy loses one time, it's like, oh, he's done, or oh, sure. Spence was overrated, blah, blah. And if anybody tries to come at me with Spence's overrated, don't you dare <sighs> at me on Instagram because I will literally crap on it. Spence was not overrated. His mm. resume was legit. Sure. He didn't beat tomato cans. And no. I said it before, he had a better resume than Crawford going into this fight. Spence had fought higher caliber guys. Crawford had fought a couple because they shared a similar opponent. In, um, I forget. The, um, Sean Porter. They Cal. shared that opponent. And, and Calbrook. Yeah, Calbrook as well. But other, other than that, 100% Errol Spence had a better resume. So sure. the guy was legit. The fact that Crawford dismantled him so easily – doesn't wow. speak to the fact that Errol Spence wasn't good. It speaks to the fact of how great Terrence That's Crawford true. is. That's true. So I hope people don't throw him under the bus now. And where do they go from here? It's one loss. And I think if Errol Spence does try to um, initiate his rematch clause, because he does have one, he has 30 days, mm-hmm. I think he gets beat again. I don't know about if he gets beat even worse. I think next time they're going to be a lot more cautious and probably keeps his hands up a lot more, not throw as much because he doesn't want to get countered. Mm. So I don't think it'll be the same, but I think it'll be the same result, meaning Crawford still wins. Styles make fights. This isn't a good style for uh, Spence to be in the ring against. Um, So Crawford, you could tell post-fight stuff, post-fight interviews, just kind of the demeanor. Crawford had heard the criticism for years. And he took it to heart. He's ducking fighters. He's not all. Why is he in the pound for pound discussion? Who is he beat? Why is he not fighting elite caliber fighters? He referenced all these in the interviews after the fight, made mention of it because he wants to make sure that 
people who are writing these checks need to now cash them on him, yep. right? Yep. So he's aware. He's aware of those that have been critical of him in the media, in the sports world going forward, and he, he has a good mental list of that, and he deserves all his accolades. He deserves the hardware he got last night. He deserves to be the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world right now. Um, Weekend Trav, we talked about the fight in the quick shot segment. We talked about the fight here, the fact that he's number one pound-for-pound. But I want to use that to segue into what we discussed also on the quick shots is the Mount Rushmore fighters. Now, it's hard because there's so many arrows, but we wanted at least consolidate down. The Mount Rushmore of the 2000s era of fighters. So that's four faces we can travel. That's hard. I can only pick four faces. We were rattling off a lot of names prior when we were doing pre production stuff. But obviously, you know, Terrence Crawford, who has now done this in two different weight classes, the first male boxer to do this. Ever. Ever. Literally ever. Um, (sighs) We can travel. I throw it to you. Man. You are the expert. Yeah. You are the professional. These are tough. Um, these are extremely tough. I do have my four, but I said it when we were talking about it on the podcast, episode mm. 130, episode 129 even. I said that if either guy, and I put either guy, if either guy knocks the other guy out in this fight because you don't see knockouts in elite-level fights, not generally, and I said generally, I didn't say every time, but you don't. So I was like, if somebody is able to knock the other guy out, they have to be on the Mount Rushmore, and I'm there. Terrence Crawford right now, and he's not even done yet. No. So this is early that I'm putting him on there. 35 but years old. Terrence Crawford is on my Mount Rushmore okay. right now. He's, the, he's a new face. We're just carving him in. Okay. He's definitely new. Um, and then Floyd Mayweather, without a doubt. Sure. Without a doubt, the greatest of his generation, which is easily the entire 2000 to 2023. He... he he has to be the best fighter. You don't agree with these two so far? Because I know some people don't like the Floyd pick. <laughs> I, I know. Let us hear it. Let Nobody us hear it. We want guy. comments. That guy's got a Hall of Fame resume as well. Look at his resume. Yeah. Look at how many Hall of Famers he beat. Look at how many World Champions he beat. A ton. But we can drive. He fought them when they weren't, you know, in the past of their prime. Yes. Okay. He was older than Pacquiao when yeah. they fought. And everybody was like, oh, he fought. I was like, Mayweather's two years older than Pacquiao. <laughs> so, okay, he was older, but so was Mayweather. Yeah. But regardless of that, you guys can you guys can argue with me all you want. I have good stats for, for why Mayweather should be without a doubt. So Crawford Mayweather. Mm. Bernard Hopkins, because Bernard Hopkins had 20 title defenses at middleweight. Mm. I think he tied like Joe Lewis's record or somebody's like, or maybe, no, he beat it. He broke that record. It would be a different, would be different era. Most yeah. middleweight title defenses. That's a different era, Phenomenal. Mount Rushmore, for sure, yes. or him, yeah. It could be for short, yes. But also, Bernard Hopkins won a world title at the age of 49. Yeah. He beat a 28-year-old, legit 28-year-old world champion to win that title. Bernard Hopkins, just just go into your bank right now and think how old you're. Me and B-Man are 40. He was 49. He beat a 28-year-old. To win a world title I, at a weight class that wasn't even his, he moved up to yeah, one seventy five. Forty nine. I'm uh, as, as a forty year old going on forty one here shortly. I throw my back out when I sneeze, <laughs> so it's not even not even a comparison. <laughs> so that's why I put him up there. Okay, forty nine. Not just because of that, but but the 20, 20 title offenses alone. How I do mean, you how do you sneeze at that? The he's the well, I think he has the record for the most middleweight yeah. title defenses, which is insanely phenomenal so here is then the question we can try because there's only four slots yeah 
and there's got to be another face, and there's a lot of names. We've talked about a bunch of them. You know, some people will mention more recent names like a Tyson Fury. Maybe Pacquiao gets in the conversation. In a way, but in a way, he's 30 years old. He has a lot of time to go, so who knows? Maybe he'll find his way on there. Maybe he is on there. There's a lot of other names available. Usyk, there's, uh, I mean, there's many. You're not wrong. Um, I I have to go with Canelo Alvarez as my fourth. I think it's because, almost a default pick. Yeah, because what he's done as well. He turned pro at 138 pounds, yeah. 140, 147, 154, 160, 168, 175. Amazing. He won titles. All of those. Amazing. Yeah. Even at 175, he knocked out Sergey Kovalev to win a portion of the light heavyweight title. Amazing. Okay. I, and his career is not done yet either, but I do think it's probably on the other side. On the other side. Yeah. Again, he's at the peak, but he's just he's just approaching over it. He is. He's even though he's only thirty four, I think, but he's had a lot of pro fights. Okay, he's been in no, a lot of fights. We're talking Crawford's at thirty five and he still has years to go. He's he at does. A, he is striking his peak years right now. Yeah, and it's weird how I can say that though, but Canelo turned pro at sixteen yeah, years old that's though. Wild. Crawford didn't turn pro until his 20s, in his 20s. So that's the only reason that I say that about Canelo. He's been in massive fights for a long time, yeah. and he's done some massive things. So I had I had a lot of, not regrets, but I had a lot of, um, it was a toss-up between a lot of different fighters of this era. Mm. And I, I definitely settled on those four, and I'm, I'm pretty confident that those four deserve it. There's some people that are still fighting that can get there, and I think Tyson Fury was probably my honorable mention. But also, you cannot disregard a guy like Lennox Lewis. And the reason I put Lennox Lewis up there is because he was probably more in the the later 90s, early 2000s. So I don't think he had as much body of work from 2000 to Mm. 2023. Mm -hmm. But he was phenomenal. Klitschko was phenomenal as well. He went on like an 11-year span where he didn't lose one single fight. But he also didn't have a lot of dance partners to dance with either. But Fury also beat him. So did Anthony Joshua. Obviously, it was at the end of his career. But we look at the so, four names you put forward, Terrence Crawford, Floyd Mayweather, Bernard Hopkins, Canelo Alvarez. They have had and have the body of work. 100%. Different weight classes. They, I mean, maybe not well, Floyd. I think he jumped up once, he, didn't he? No, he dropped he, 135 he turned pro. That's at. right. That's so right. He jumped up three, four weight classes, yeah. so, too. Between the body of work, the longevity, the records, the titles, all these things, I don't think that's a bad four. What did we miss? What did Weekend Trav miss? Who is on your Mount Rushmore, Come folks? Come at me, bros. Come at me. Come on. This is, this is my think, realm. Do you think he's crazy for even throwing Bernard Hopkins on that list? Are there any others that we just forgot completely of? Or are we just being jaded and one-sided because of our American view of fighters and who's just America. here? I mean, who are we not thinking of in the 2000s, okay? We're not talking 90s. You mentioned, uh, you know, um, uh, Lennox, Lewis, Lennox, yeah. Lennox Lewis, who maybe you can make the argument one way or another I mean, but Tyson was there we were trying know, to talk prior Roy Jones Jr. which but which I think they were all in the 90s I think that's 90s which is interesting because we tried to talk about prior to the show like well what are the eras then because the 90s man that just seems like they're all in the league of their own and do you can you even mix them in with the any of the 80s, 80s guys I don't know it's it's, it's just weird how you kind of draw the line in the sand decade, I don't know you can make the same arguments in other sports basketball football things like yeah. that too so that makes it a little interesting as well so that is we can Trav's Mount Rushmore of the 2000s era Terrence Crawford Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather Bernard Hopkins and Canelo Alvarez interesting stuff um, we can Trav 
we switch gears. You good with that? Yeah. You, you I know, sure? I, yeah, because I know where we're going. I know, but are you sure with? Are you good with the? Are you fine? You good with that four? <sighs> yeah, that's there. It's I feel like, like you're hesitant a little. That, I mean, it's because I hate these. I genuinely hate this greatest of all time talk. When people try, who's the greatest of all time? Is it Ali? Is I it gave who? you four. I know, but I hate it because there's so many great fighters. And that's and I not, feel sliding. I'm sliding Well, some, that's the thing. And I don't want to because there's so many great ones and, that people haven't even heard about probably. But that's the thing. We're not trying to slight anybody or discredit anybody else or whatever else. We just think from an impact standpoint. I think those four guys. I mean, like hey, Hopkins had amazing stories in too. those eras, in those time frames. How these guys, to one degree or another, have pulled non-boxing watchers and fans into this side. Did you know to Bernard watch. Hopkins lost his pro debut? He started his professional career zero and one. Even more of a phenomenal story. He also was in prison for five or six years and got out when he was like twenty-five or twenty-six. Got put on twenty-year probation. Lasted out his probation. 20 years and finally got off of it obviously when he's what 46 finally got off of his probation after he's already been a world champion already did all these things in boxing and the guy's story is phenomenal so he's that's why i put him there not only because of his 20 tile defenses because of his story oh and one b money how many boxers out there turn pro lose their pro debut and say no i'm still gonna do this hey most people lose their productivity like, well, maybe this wasn't meant for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guarantee you people around him, his family members, his brothers, his sisters, anybody else was probably like, bro, you lost your productivity and you probably didn't make very much money. What are you doing? Go get a job. And he didn't. Yep. Goes on to be one of the greatest middleweights of all time. Determination, perseverance, all the stuff we like to hear about in our sports athletes uh, that we revere. So we can Trav, let's switch gears here because you know your favorite fight's coming up. I know we talked about a lot about Terrence Crawford, Daryl Spence Jr. in the lead up to that fight, but man. Blockbuster fight here, August 5th on the zone. Nate Diaz, Jake Paul. Jake for Paul. some fake belt that Jake Paul created for himself. Oh, it's I don't know. I don't think it is. Oh. I, just I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. It's not one of the four recognized belts, though. No, it's not. Know that for no, sure. no, it's not. So um, I don't even know any of the details of the weight, the catch weight, anything like that, how many rounds. All I know is this is, this is a uh, uh, former MMA superstar. I don't know if you call him a superstar, but a star for sure. Nate Diaz has a following, has a fan base, uh, obviously on the other side of that career a bit. And then one Jake Paul. Okay. Is it is it worth the buy? Yes, but for entertainment value, yes. For boxing value as a professional boxing match, I've said this over and over, mm-hmm. no. no. But I'm not hating on it because I think entertainment-wise, Jake Paul is entertaining. Mm-hmm. He is. The kid is entertaining. The same as Nate Diaz. Super entertaining. Is Nate Diaz a very good boxer? Hell no. Is Jake Paul a good boxer? He's actually decent. I respect so his work bad. ethic. I respect He's, his work ethic. Work ethic's good. But his boxing's not terrible. But are we going to watch a quality boxing match like we watched last weekend with the welterweights, Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence? Hell no. You're not going to see that level of boxing. But are you going to be entertained? Meaning you're going to see some punches thrown. You're going to see some blood probably. You're going to see some guys get rocked. And I believe it is a 10-round fight, which is pretty fun. Oh, that's right. They did up that. Yep. Jake Paul, in his own credit. rounds. He's like, what, six pro fights he's had? Seven pro? I think he's six and one now maybe. He's fighting in a 10-rounder already. That's pretty amazing. That's a lot of Even rounds. though it's versus Nate Diaz, doesn't matter. It's still both guys have to train for a 10-rounder. So to the point, is this worth the buy? Yes. 
know what you're getting when you pay for it. If you want to see high-level boxing or important level of boxing, you're not. Because no. this fight, the winner or the loser of this fight, changes the landscape of boxing zero. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. And I that's think, the truth. Though. I think, unfortunately, the, the fight lost a little bit of its luster, the potential of this fight, when Jake Paul lost to Tommy Fury. A little bit. Um, now, because now, then it's... real boxer. Sure. Who is now, who's now, fu- now going to be fighting KSI, another... Oh, He's going to knock off a YouTuber, probably. He'll yeah, probably great. be him. Hey, you got to be known for something in this world, right? And you got to be paid for something. So more power to him. They're making uh, money. But so Nate Diaz, okay, it's intriguing, I guess. Nate Diaz is no slouch. I mean, he, he has stand-up. It's just different when you put on boxing gloves versus MMA gloves or just, you know, bitch-slapping somebody uh, Every in public. Every MMA fighter has come across this when they stepped over to the yeah. boxing realm. And I'm getting to the point now where I'm going to say it again. It's downright disrespectful for a boxer. As much as these MMA guys come over and just think that they can just box because it's that easy. Right. I don't I you don't see boxers in their prime going over to MMA because you know why? One, we're getting paid in boxing so we're not we don't need to. But two, we know our strengths, okay? Yeah. Can I punch? Yes. Can a lot of these guys punch? Yes, we can. But there's also more um, martial arts that we have to know to compete in a UFC ring, okay? The UFC guys coming over to boxing. Boxing's a lot harder than you think, which yep. is why every time one of your top guys have came over, they've been stretched. That's right. Okay? That's right. Jake Paul stretched Tyrone Woodley, who was a legit world champion UFC fighter. Conor McGregor, legit world champion UFC fighter, got knocked out by Floyd Mayweather. These guys aren't just losing. They're getting knocked out. Yeah. Ben Askren, knocked out in the first round by Jake Paul. It is what it is, yeah. but I'm just saying that boxing is different, guys. You're disrespecting it a little bit when you come over here thinking that you can just jump in and be amazing. It's not easy. That's why I think everyone needs to pump the brakes on the future fight with Fury and, and Ngannou. Pump the brakes, guys. I know Ngannou is a big dude, and yes, he's a striker, but he's not a boxer, okay? It's an intriguing matchup. And you never know what what can happen, but come on. That's why they fight the fights, I guess. Come on. You, like you mentioned, there's a reason why you don't see boxers going the other direction because that would be dumb. Why would you? Why would you get in the cage? Retired boxers have tried it like James Sony tried it. He was like 40-something years old, and he got his ass kicked. No, of course. Ray Mercer did it, got his ass kicked. Because it's two different sports. It is. Two different sports. I won't disrespect there the is some. <laughs> there is some, you know, carryover to, you know, between there disciplines. Is, there is. But not. It's just two different sports. So, Nate Diaz, Jake Paul, okay. August 5th, okay. It's on the zone. Yeah, okay. Um, I, we'll talk about it after. Is it, it better not be $84, which is what Crawford Spence was. I know. $84, which, which I'll you balk spent, at that. And then I also spent two. That's why, guys, guys, that's why these guys. That's why these guys. That's why you with Travis Harbin gave you two buys, yeah. eighty four each. That's why you walk away, both of you, with eight figures on that one. Um, so we can try that fight's coming up. I mean, some other news and headlines. I know uh, Better Bev, he's out uh, dental, some dental work. So that post, that fight's yeah. gotten postponed. A bone infection, they mm. said. That's not good. Not good for a boxer, jaw. for sure. Yeah. Uh, what did I miss? We can try. I don't think you missed much. I mean, we we touched on everything, and I think it's just important that everybody knows that Jake Paul's fighting. It's it is newsworthy. Is it newsworthy on the scope of major boxing scene? No. No. It's but it is newsworthy. And to to be honest, it's hard to get all excited about that after this past weekend. After that right. massive yeah. welterweight matchup. 
How do you get excited about Nate Diaz and Jake Paul? I think they messed up. I think they should have did it one week yeah. before, and it's fine. Now you're going to follow you, – you can – well, we do say this, but it is also Nate Diaz. He, he's, he's crazy. He might do something like body slamming, and then everybody's like, this was But crazy. keep in mind, from what I've heard, and now Nate Diaz is on board, potentially those two having an MMA matchup after the boxing matchup, obviously down the road. Good for Jake Paul. Yeah. Because that's that's ballsy though. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, seriously think about it. He knows that his his forte is boxing and Nate Diaz is his UFC. Correct. He was a world champion in mm-hmm. UFC. Like the guy obviously knows how to fight. So Jake Paul knows how to make money, but you know what also? Jake Paul's also not shying away from fighting guys, man. I, I think mean, I would be more interested. Guys. I'd be more interested to purchase the MMA fight. I think I'll watch both. I will watch both. I will mm. watch I think Nate Diaz is in over his head a little bit. I don't Which is crazy. It's to weird think. though because he's he's so rangy and it's the awkward nature. After watching, oh, it's per- going to be a struggle. For 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 instance, after watching the Isak Cruz fight on this uh, Spence and Crawford card, he fought. I can't remember who he fought, but the guy had a weird style and stance, and it's kind of open, and he was just long and rangy and taller than Cruz. Everyone's taller than Cruz, um, but that was weird. It was awkward. That's kind of what I see coming up. Jake Paul uh, looking almost orthodox kind of as a boxer, but Nate Diaz has a very awkward stance, and he's very long. His length, he has a bigger reach, and it should be interesting. How tall tall is he? Is he over six foot? Uh, I think so. I think so. I could be wrong. I mean, correct us if you want, but uh, we don't don't know a lot of the specs on this one. Anyway, so that's coming up August 5th weekend draft. He's at Cruz's fighter he fought was Giovanni Cabrera. Yeah. Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, yeah, and with Freddie Roach. He came out with Freddie Roach, so. Actually, I'm wrong, of Seattle. Yeah, but he was fighting Cabrera's. out of he was fighting out of um, oh, Roach's gym, right? Yeah, I think so. Maybe that's why he said he's from Seattle, but maybe he was training out of Roach. Roach's in his corner. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't even notice that. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Be money. I'm watching. Nice. Anyways, uh, we can trap final thoughts. Do I, do, I, do I have to say it again? It's 2023. It's the Michael Jordan year for boxing, which means it's the goat for boxing, the greatest of all time year for boxing. Do I need to say more? We've now had, it's July, seven months in, and now we've also had, on top of all the other amazing fights, we've also had the first male boxer to ever win titles, four major belts Mm. in the 140 and the 147. Mm -hmm. Now that's on the checklist of 2023. I am going to make a resume towards the end of this year of all the blockbuster fights and just lay them over compared to all the other years. Even the golden era of the Four Kings years this year has been phenomenal. My concern, we can travel off of your final we've thoughts. We've also had a woman do it, too. To mine. Oh, well, yeah. Make sure you mention that a hundred times, <laughs> like a Showtime ad, too. Quote. Give me a break. <laughs> um, how, how many are in those divisions? How many potential fights? Anyways, so off, Three. Of, off of your final, final remarks to mine, here's my concern now with the Michael Jordan year. Are we now, though, entering duck season? We have Devin Haney stepping up, avoiding Shakur Stevenson. We have all these other guys talking a lot of of nonsense. But will anything come to fruition for the last five months of the year? I'm not sure we can trap other than what's already on the calendar. I don't think so. And this is because of what I was saying before this Terrence Crawford fight. I told everybody, please buy this fight. And it turned out to be a great fight to watch. I now think that the numbers are going to be pretty big. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to see a million pay-per-view buys, Hmm. a million is is great that's mm-hmm. great numbers if you get mm-hmm. if you can hit the million that's what they're always targeting if crawford and spence hit that million dollar pay-per-view buy mark 
then I don't think we're going to see as many ducks as you think because promoters and TV now are going to say, hey, guys, we're going to pay you, and we're going to pay you well because the consumer wants it. So if they're paying big money now, these guys can't duck anymore. The reason why a lot of guys ducked and the reason why a lot of people thought Mayweather was ducking, he was building a fight sure. to get more money. And what happened? Yeah. He got more money. But so I, now we can skip all the build and the promoters think, be like, hey, we got more money. Let's I, fight. But I think that comes beyond this year. We can try be tough. It'll because be tough. we have well, – obviously we have Canelo, we have Charlo coming up. Uh, what in, is that in September? September. Uh, we have Fury ducking and fighting a guy who's coming from the MMA ranks. Okay, we have other heavyweight fights, but that's nothing. They're, they're not Joshua. exciting. Those aren't the ones we want to see. Unless we can get a Wilder Ruiz, I'd want to see that one for sure. Yeah, but, but it's, blockbuster. You're right. We don't have I a think, blockbuster I think heavyweight the, fight. I think we have been, which could follow up into 2024. I think maybe, but I'm just saying. I think for being the, the a very great year, I think. The best of it is behind us now, the first seven months of the year. Could be. Sorry. But we, but we do have Debbie fights. Downer. We do have big fights to be made still. Debbie Downer. <laughs> okay. That's all I'm I got to say. enjoying it. Are you not enjoying Boxer and Man? Are you How not great? entertained? <laughs> that over there is a talent we can trap. That there is B-Money, a.k.a. producer, a.k.a. the man, the myth, the legend, B-Money. God bless.